Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Ooh, James, just before we start the show, I have a little message for everyone. Oh, a secret message? A secret. No, well, I'm telling everyone, so it can't be a secret. Okay, so if you're the first but to hear this. But it is a secret. Only for people who listen to the show who are the best listeners. Oh, my God. Anyway, I am doing a show at the Wesleyan in Northgate on the <gasps> 7th of May. That's soon. I know, it's very soon. It's in like three weeks or so, maybe less than. And I'm going to be playing my album with Ezekiel Fenn and Hannah Axford is going to be playing support tickets Mm-mm. at $35. But you can use the code Mother's Day at checkout and you can get $10 off is tickets. Is it on Mother's Day? No, it's the week before. However, I thought, why That's not secret, have though. a little early Mother's Day gift That's for you? That's the secret. That's the secret. Anyway, so you, you could can, grab a yeah. drink. You can. You can have some food. The Wesleyan has excellent food. It's yeah. just in Northgate. You can also bring your kids. It's not a kid's show, but if you need to or you or you think you have kids that might enjoy some live music, you can bring them too. Yeah, exactly. If they're old enough to have a seat, then they I will entertain your children if they are not interested. James will entertain I will them. be on a separate Correct. stage at the other side <laughs> of the hall. Let <laughs> me entertain you. That'll be him. He's mm-hmm. singing that song. Yeah, and so that's it. That's on the 7th of May at the Wesleyan in Northgate. So Even though I do have my working with children's check. I will not be entertaining children, though, just so you know. That was a joke. All right. Excellent. Just I'm letting to be everyone know. Our own kids. You will. You will. <laughs> so that's it. Love to see you there. I can't wait. The Thank last you. one was terrific. So, yeah, if you didn't Thank come you. or you did and you want to check it out, you should come. Thank you so much. On with the show. Bingity bong, da bing bing bong, bong, bongity bong, bong, It went into bombs today. <laughs> it's not supposed bing. to, isn't it? No, bombs, not bombs. Oh, bombs. I was doing bombs. Dropping bombs. Okay. I don't know. Hopefully not. Not too many anyway. Do you know <laughs> most of our relationship with our children I have worked out today? Yeah. Is farts. Is farts. It's it's like 90% farts. Fart jokes. It's 90% them telling me about farts, them farting. Then me farting, then you farting. <laughs> I don't fart. Then but, us uh... telling jokes about farts, then someone saying bum, and then I make snacks. <laughs> <laughs> and then when and we're out in public, we're like, hey, don't, shh, don't Yeah, do that. <laughs> exactly. And our daughter was at <laughs> the dinner at the, the Thai restaurant that we can take them to because there's paper on the tables. And she's going, mommy farts, daddy farts. And then when she gets really like cheeky, she knows she's crossing the line. She goes, grandma and then she laughs and laughs and laughs. <laughs> and it's inappropriate and embarrassing and also I don't know what to do. Because I love at it. home we just allow it. Yeah. I think we're going to have to teach our kids multiple ways of operating. Yeah, that is that. that you know. Yeah, we've had that conversation like with the teaching about two like ways. the stuff that you say like at home and to your family that you don't, you know, say Yeah, you say in public. You don't openly fart and yeah. laugh when you're at, around people you don't know very well or in a job interview. I'm not sure if they've cottoned on. They'll figure it out eventually. I hope so. By default. I guess so. Yeah. Also, I have something else to confess today. I'm in a confession mood. I beat our son at checkers. Yeah. Like on purpose. Yeah. Am I allowed? No, I do that because we play. 
All right. He really cried. I like spirit sometimes today. I beat him, sometimes he I let him beat me or whatever. All right, I never yeah. let him just be. No, you don't just let him win the entire no, time. Okay, they don't great. Because we played a really long game, and for a while it was clear I was winning, and then he was winning, and he was really like, I've really got it here. Yeah. And then I beat him. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, there we go, son. There yeah. we go. And then we left. It's school holiday time. That's all we missed last week. It's a hard balance because I think the last one we played, he won. It's because I was winning, and then I, I pulled back a bit. Oh. But I pulled back too far. So I'm oh, like, no. oh, I can't actually win this now. Oh, no. Like I positioned myself where too he's just going to eviscerate me in this oh, game now, which was no fine. Good. Yeah. Do you know what I'm finding hard? I and mean, In the scheme of hard things, it's not that hard, but I'll just whinge to the podcast listeners. Mm. School holidays, mate, for us, yeah. used to be in teaching, we would have time off. My goodness. But now our jobs still continue, but yeah, our kids are at continued. home. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And well, that's why we didn't nightmare. do an episode last week because it was just too hard. Yeah, we just couldn't fit it Logistics. in, and we were away, and it just, it was just couldn't happen. Too hard. We didn't plan to not have an episode. It no. just ended up being that way. I know exactly. And then I, what I find I do is I default to like making sure you can get your work done, and then I just kind of don't. Yeah, but like I haven't even you know. Then the only thing I needed was like that space to record with Auntie Donna. I know. Oh, name which dropping. Which was a very name exciting. Dropping. Our it was so episode. exciting. That was Correct. a lot of fun. They were great. It yeah. was so nice to see those boys, mm. those big boys. Two of them. Two of them. Not yeah. th- or not all three. That's why I said the big boys. Well, like that was originally going to be three. Little Mark of them. was missing. Yeah, well, he's not that little because Broden and Zach are quite tall. That's like. what I mean. That's yeah. all them big boys. Yeah. I just like but, uh, that alliteration. Boy. But it was originally going to be all of them. Yeah. And then I I realized I'm like I can't I. I don't – our equipment doesn't, like, hold four mics. So, like – Yes, it does. No, it no. sorry, five mics. It would have been because it was oh, Mason as well. Oh, it was Mason as well. Yeah, so no, I was it like, doesn't. you make the call who <laughs> wants to come. Or you can share a mic. One of us will share a mic. But he was like, no, no, it's fine. So oh, is that why there's only two? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. <sighs> it did look like a we lot did of have fun. A, we had a topic that we were going to do, but we just kind of just discussed. They were in the latest Dungeons & Dragons and – Zach tells a really funny story about how he got flown over for the LA premiere, even though he's not in, like, the, they're only in the Australian version of it. They're not in the international <laughs> version. He tells this really, like, bizarre story uh, of how that was involved, which was a lot. It's, it's just fun in general, though. But then you show. It's on iView uh, if you're interested. If you're overseas, um, use uh, a VPN. They're not allowed to say that, but you can. Like, they can't promote it like that, apparently. Yeah, well, fair enough mm. too. We're going to get in some hot trouble now. No, we're, we're hot trouble. We haven't signed anything with anybody ever. True. But no, but never, we, never. What are our suggestions? Boys? Okay, I will go first. It is Melbourne Comedy Festival season at the moment in Melbourne. Oh, surprisingly. Clay, that's too niche. Mine's broad and Netflix yeah, I for know. everyone. Well, no, this is not niche because there are comedians that you can then find on the internet, okay. on the interwebs. Well, I'll be also, the judge of that. In, there is one that is a British comedian. That people can go and see her when she's in Britain and Scotland as well. So, no, you'll be able to access this lovely comedy in lots of places. But I wanted to talk about the two comedians that I saw because I loved them both and they were excellent. Can I do that? Yes, please. I would love that actually. Great. Excellent. So the first comedian I saw was Josie Long. Mm -hmm. Now, she is a mother of two which I just find really impressive. She had a baby during lockdown just like me, which makes her a goddamn – Hero. That's what I think and that's all I wanted to say. I think that's really kind of uh, self-centered of you. Well, good. I am self-centered. Okay, great. I'm the most I'm, – I'm, no, I'm not. I'm gooey-centered. 
Like one of those chocolate creams. She uh, was living in East London and interestingly has now moved to Glasgow. And so this show is kind of about that. It's really, it's got three main themes. It's called Re-Enchantment. She's done lots of other really cool things besides. So she's become the first woman to be nominated for the Edinburgh Comedy Award three times. She's also a podcaster, a playwright, a micro-budget filmmaker, co-founder of the education charity Arts Emergency and a regular on Radio 4. So she's been around the traps for a long time. She's really Hello. excellent. Her latest show is called Re-Enchantment, mm. and it really deals with three main themes. The first is what it means to find your home and how she was feeling really alienated in the place she grew up in in Kent. And as I mentioned before, she decided to move to Scotland instead with her family to Glasgow. And just in that, there's kind of the political nature and culture of what's happening in Britain, which right, is over yeah. the past 10 years, which is really interesting. The second part is her desire to reconnect with nature and beauty. And then the third part is more a specific dive into the um, horrific things the government are currently doing over there and really looking at what it means to be left-wing and all the terrible things that are happening in Britain. And then smattering through that, there's bits about school debating, parenting, her ADHD diagnosis, and the infestations in her new flat in Glasgow. It's just really funny. She's kind of manic in the best possible way. I think she manages to walk that line. I know so many comedians obviously now are political. um, Sure, yeah. But she manages to walk it walk this line of being incredibly adorable and funny and kind of all over the place and tell really like heartwarming personal stories about her daughter and how she tells jokes and, Mm. you know, that kind of thing with really great commentary and I think really important commentary about what is happening in Britain at the moment and what it means to watch a government destroy the place that you love so much. And everyone I've spoken to who lives over there kind of agrees with her viewpoint really. Just that the way everything's being privatised and and all the services are being gutted. And, yeah, she said it's amazing to move to somewhere like Glasgow with so much history but also with the bit of people power and the connection over there. So, anyway... I just really loved her. She's really great. So that's Josie Long and you can find her all over the interwebs. And the second comedian I went and saw was Laura Davis. Now her show, yeah. I've heard a lot of good things about this one, yeah. Mm, Yeah, so she's always brilliant and Mm. I saw her show last year, which was really excellent. This one is called Well, Don't Just Stand There Dancing and she comes out dressed uh, dressed as Sam Neill from Jurassic Park. Love that. And doesn't really reference it for ages and then finally does and like, it's weird that I'm dressed as Sam Neill. And it just sort of doesn't really explain it any further till kind of almost the end of mm. the show. It's really clever. It feels almost like it's just your very loose, very neurodiverse, <laughs> very funny friend ranting right, okay, for 50 yeah, minutes, yeah. except by the end of it you realise she's woven this incredible story. Yeah. And, and so it's not you, like unhinged. <laughs> like It's a little unhinged. The, I mean, you know what I mean. There's a, It's not just... It's there's a method like there's no a, no no it's, and that's what's so interesting about it, which I find so clever that it feels unhinged and almost like you're locked in a room yeah. with someone who's clearly like you know lost their mind slightly, but at the same time it's so incredibly planned. Mm. So by the end of it, it's moving as well as incredibly funny, and she has this ability to also kind of allow you to feel in that room like the outside world is completely fucked, right. <laughs> And everything is burning and going to hell. 
But for that, like, 50 minutes in the room, we're all in it together and <laughs> and let's just, like, feel the feels and laugh a lot and, like, make fun of it all. And somehow through all of that you leave feeling comforted. Yeah, nice. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it makes you feel um, less alone in all the absurdity, which is what mm. I just love about comedy in general, right? Like that's, yeah, you yeah, just yeah. you want to be able to laugh at like just the state of affairs just because it makes it feel a little easier. So, mm. but it's also really, I won't, I don't want to spoil it for people who are in Melbourne and are going to go and see it. I know it's quite niche. Yeah. But I will say she's really popular in Britain. I hadn't realized that. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. And she while, doesn't right? get yeah. the same kind of audiences in Australia, which mm. is kind of interesting. But so many people have raved about this show because it's really original. She also talks about being diagnosed, I think, with autism mm. and also. She talks as well about her sexuality as well and gender and all of those things and also just her love of like walking in the dark looking at rocks, which is like her favourite thing to do. I love walking in the dark. <laughs> I know. I really I think it really resonates with you on so many I levels. don't do it as much as I used to, but uh, boy, big fan. Yeah. She said she was doing it one night. She likes to walk by the beach in the dark looking at the rocks in the moonlight and some woman like was stepping behind her and she said she just heard the footsteps and because she's in New Zealand, in anywhere else in the world, you would turn, you would run because like, huh. you would feel like you're going to be murdered. But New Zealand, she just turned around and went, hello. Yeah. <laughs> and the woman asked her what she was doing and then she said that she was too embarrassed to say I'm doing my favourite hobby, which is just staring at rocks. Yeah. <laughs> so she said she lost her engagement ring. <laughs> <laughs> And then the woman spent like an hour looking no, for her. No, that's so funny. <laughs> oh, my God. Because she said she was a bit stoned and was like really specifically looking like. like yeah, it wasn't. She was just No, like no. Glancing. She was just walking a little bit. She was like hardcore looking in the rocks. I think that's totally fine. If someone was like, oh, I just I just love these, I'd be like, cool. <laughs> I know. Me too. I'd be mad. If the, me too. <laughs> the <other thing. laughs> me too. But she said that. <laughs> and then she ended up leaving because she was like talking and she watched the woman stay there for a while and look. Yeah. I once said to a person <laughs> that I ran into who I went to school with, I was buying it. I bought, I had a DVD of The Iron Giant that I bought. So <laughs> this was love like that movie. It's a fucking great movie, <laughs> uh, which I would openly say now and do uh, whenever I get the opportunity. Yeah. But I just ran into this guy I went to primary school with and it was like I was like late teens or whatever. And he's like, oh, what's this? And I'm like, oh, no, it's uh, yeah, it's for my niece. I didn't have a niece. <laughs> but I was also like, this guy doesn't know me anymore. So he doesn't know whether this is true or not. And to this day, he still doesn't. Claire. Why didn't you? I don't know. I just be, I, now I just be like, yeah, it's a movie you, I like. And then you can't back down from that. No. Because you're like, be, actually, I don't have a niece. I, don't I really any, made that up. I don't know why I said <laughs> that. Because it's not even like embarrassing enough to have made that up. No, either. it absolutely isn't. It's so weird. <laughs> it's just a weird thing to say to someone. <laughs> Weird. Yeah. Oh, it's you and Laura Davis with a woman walking anyway, I, for I an still, engagement ring in I the dark. St- I still have that DVD. It's a good movie. It's a good movie. Do you know what? It is a good movie. Brad I mean, Bird you talk about it. it a lot. But you yeah. went on to direct The Incredibles, Claire. Well, there you go. And also the movie Tomorrowland. Wowza. A whole smattering of things. So anyway, let me just quickly wrap up talking about Laura Davis before you recommend us a thing. Sure. So she's won both the Golden Gibbo and the Melbourne Fringe Best Comedy Award in 2015. Those are big awards. Yeah, I know. Really amazing. And she also won the prestigious Comedy Channel Moosehead Award as well. Mm. She's done so many amazing things and got lots of awards and all of that stuff. She's just also fiercely independent and I really appreciate that about that, her too, and very original. So... 
just if you are in Melbourne, you should definitely go check her out. And Maybe if you are not, you should go and check out her comedy online. And if you're in Britain, which I'm sure she will be, definitely go and see her. Maybe I will, Claire. All right, that's it. Great. Cool. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Beef! Beef. I'm recommending the TV show Beef, Claire. Re- I thought you were recommending just beef, eating beef, which I feel like is not really the done thing anymore. I think you're supposed to have like red meat like a couple of times a week at max, you know yeah. what I mean? Ex- not even. Not beef, even? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, For the planet. You use, you, oh, well, if that's I true, really yeah. stuck by my guns, I wouldn't be eating any meat at all, unfortunately. If I really stuck I don't by, stuck about them any guns. Stuck by bloody these guns. I only stick get by your guns. Weapons checked, Claire, you know what I mean? I'd have to bloody check them in. I never understand that reference. What do you mean by weapons checked? Uh, again, it's like an arms, arms, Claire. They're arms. Our weapons. I feel terrible, Claire. You've been saying this to me for a week. There is literally nothing stopping you. No, there is because we're on holiday and we're going away and we're being away and whatever. And no, no. There was plenty of time today. You need to stay out of my business, Claire. I mean I'm, your business. <laughs> I mean your guns. I mean your weapons. I'll be back next <laughs> I'm week. I'm checking your weapons. I had my vasectomy and whatever. I have to say the weapons have significantly reduced. That's what I'm saying to They're you, They're not Claire. as killer. That's what I'm saying to you. Yeah, so I've been saying to everyone I'm disappointed yeah. in them. Yeah, I'm missing Mark Wahlberg week, which they're doing at F45 <laughs> at the moment the internationally. Mark Wahlberg, well, Mark Wahlberg bought into F45 before the whole thing fell off a cliff. Good and Lord. this week, the entire thing, it's a workouts that are inspired by and designed by Marky Mark Wahlberg himself. Wow, you're missing that out. That's like the one week of the year that's it's themed just for you. It's the same thing it always is. It's just the same series of yeah. things that they rotate around. Okay, I, the other thing I, I want to say, which I have I felt at the time but have seen – put into words more recently. It's about Mark Wahlberg. No, it's about F45 and the danger that F45 brings to Ooh. people with eating disorders or yeah, okay. on the road to eating disorders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, the, all of the weigh-in stuff, it's so damaging. I remember saying that to you at the time and you're like, I don't really see. I guess, but I don't really get it. And it's because you, and as we have previously discussed in other episodes, you've never grown up with that kind of entrenched diet Calorie Absolutely. counting yeah. that I grew up with, and women. I mean, I know there's pressure you had on it from men like as well. Six years old. Yeah, yeah the first time exactly. Aware and of it. and I'm not alone in that. That is so no, common. Yeah. And so F45 for that reason is incredibly dangerous mm. because it normalizes the idea that you weigh yourself in front of everyone, and it not only weighs you, it, it measures your fat content and muscle tone, all of that stuff, and then every couple of weeks you have to get back on the scales. And it weighs you again in front of everyone, you including. You get weighed in front of everybody. No, in front of a trainer. Well, it's in the public gym space. Sure, yeah, yeah. And, and it's not like a private consult room. Mm. So if the trainer says to you, oh, you, you know, you've lost a couple of kilos, great job, that everyone will hear you. Or conversely, if they say, oh, okay, well, we can work on some things, everyone can hear. Yeah. It's, and I've seen girls in tears. So it is, I know for you it doesn't seem like it is. No, I know. I agree with you, yeah. but I'm saying, yeah, for some people, yeah, that's awful. That's an awful thing and don't, like, yeah, go to Yeah, it's really dangerous. I, I, it is like the McDonald's of gyms also in terms of, like, yeah. you know what I mean? And, I, and like, I know there's, like, real benefits as well in lots of ways. But I, all I'm saying is it's just I feel like 
it isn't hasn't been said enough, and and I, I'm just saying it that it is a very dangerous practice to do mm. in that way. Um, and I don't think most gyms do that in that public way, which is I think it's I think that is the key. I mean, getting weighed and understanding your stats can be a good thing for yeah. some people. However, I think it it leads to a very dangerous road of competition and, you know, you get that printout. And if you're someone who is very vulnerable to that kind of thing, you could end up in very dangerous places. Yep, I don't disagree. Yeah. Anyway, and there's just not enough kind of support around that, I think. Yeah, well, like I said, it's like for me the reason that I go, like I don't particularly like it because it's, you know, it's like boring and circuit work and you look at a screen for a lot of it or whatever, but it's like it's literally like 40 minutes and I'm done. Like I'm not in a gym and I'm like, I don't know, I'll do some bench press and I'll go on the treadmill or whatever. I go there and they're like, do this, 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 this and this. And I'm like, yep, cool, I can do all that. And then I do it and then I go home. Yeah, and I really enjoyed it. Like yeah. I, I think there's some great things about it too. Yeah, for but that you're reason. right. You can definitely get caught up in like the minutiae and all that. And really what it all what it really comes down to for most people, like you, all you need to know is just eat healthier and exercise a little bit. Like, you know. Yeah. It doesn't that, need but, to, no, what I'm saying is though you don't need these added, added levels of complexity and guilt and doing it in front of people and all that. I'm saying to like to 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 have exercise to do a big yeah, exercise. Yeah, it's interesting. We've talked about this stuff before and I just feel like unless you've lived it, mm. you don't understand the Again, no, I'm not talking about I'm not talking about eating disorder and disorders or people who have experienced this over. That's not what I'm what I'm talking about. All right, let's move on. Let's stay here <laughs> and argue. I'll get cross. Let's move on. I see both sides. Claire, the TV show beef. The TV it's show the beef. Such a word. It's the worst. <laughs> I hate when people say that because it's just such a cop-out. No, it's good because I see both sides and I see where you're coming from. You know what I mean? But I see the other side and I see where they're coming from. I'm in the middle. So I, I'm above it all because I see both sides Good of it. Lord. All right, uh, come on. No, I also hate that. It's just like I see both. Like I do it on the I do it on the weekly plan all the time. Of <laughs> like, yeah, no, I get it because I see both. So like uh, in a way, like, you know, I'm above it all because <laughs> I see both sides. It's like. Shut up. No, you just don't want – you don't know enough. To, you don't know you enough don't or you don't want to commit to, like, really an opinion. Can, what yeah. you really think. Anyway. Beef. Created Beef. by uh, Lee Sung. It stars Ali Wong, Stephen Yun, David Cho, Amy Lau. Fantastic cast, fantastic performances, fantastically made show. Here's the synopsis. Here he goes. Two strangers. This is Ali Wong and Stephen Yun. Uh, get into a road rage incident that brings chaos into their lives. So it starts off these two people – uh, Ali Wong, she's, uh, she runs a successful smallish business that she's looking to sell off to a billionaire, right? And she just wants – it's like a lot in her stand-up. She wants that golden parachute, you know what I mean? She mm-hmm. wants to be looked after. She wants enough – have enough money to not have to work or to do anything, which I'd imagine now she probably could do in real mm-hmm. life, I'd imagine. And uh, Stephen Yun is like a handyman who uh, – he's just trying to get something off the ground and going and he's just had – like a hard run in terms of like the parents, the pressure on him trying to get something going and then he faces an obstacle or somebody screws him over or whatever and so and he, so he's got that. So they've got these different levels of like complexity and anger like bubbling within their lives and then they run across each other in a road rage incident and it's just like one goes goes to pull out and the other one honks the horn and then there's a finger exchanged and then there's like a road rage incident and as a result of that they don't know who they are initially but then their lives become intertwined right and they the, the interesting about thing about these characters is that a lot of people around them don't understand is that they have this like deep seated rage 
that's just and it's they Ali Wong explains it really well at one point. It's just like sits kind of like here. I can't even explain it well. It's it's not even I don't know. It, it, it's explained really well in a way that it's also not really explained like in in its like totality. And they don't even know like really strictly where this rage comes from or. They know what it feels like to live with it, but not how to kind of escape it. And this kind of rage and anger, which like ended up in this beef between these two, it's kind of, it's what drives them. It It's the way, it's a way for them to like, to feel something. It's a way to like, to grieve. It's also a way to connect to someone else because they've almost got this kind of, this obsession that they've got with each other and one-upping each other. It's almost like therapeutic for both of them. They love being interlocked and having this kind of relationship that's so volatile and makes them like really feel but at the same time it's it's just mostly incredibly destructive for both them and their families and their businesses and 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 every you know everybody else who's around them it's really like about the consequences of like anger and not not letting something go because it's it's just like this small thing that happens and it just from there because you know they can't they can't let it go and they almost need it in their life that, that that's when things, you know, get worse. It's got great performances. Everybody is really good in it. It's really, really funny as well. It's gotten, like, good reviews across the board and there were, there's more seasons on the way, I, I think, apparently. But this season in itself, it's it's 10 episodes. You could just watch this. It's fine. Like, they could not make something. Like, I think they want to continue on with these characters uh, but they're also, I think the initial idea was to make it like an anthology series to have like mm. the beef be about like different things every season. Yeah, that's I don't think they're going to do that anymore. I think they're going to come back to these characters, which has me kind of go, oh, I kind of wish they wouldn't, whatever. But it's also, it's so smartly made that maybe, maybe they, they could. could it's a bit like that Anna Kendrick. Remember that? Anna yeah, Kendrick love, love. Whatever. Yeah, and each season she was. Her, she started it and then yeah. it was a, about a different – Exactly, kind. even though she's in it and it's in the yeah, universe periphery, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But I just really love like the energy of it and the anger and the jokes and you you really em, uh, empathise with all the characters and you feel kind of what they feel and even though they make terrible decisions, you can see kind of where it's coming from and often why they are the way they are and why they can't escape this and you see them kind of walking into it but you can't stop them, Claire, because it's a television show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's on Netflix, as mentioned. It's ten episodes. It's just terrific. I mm. loved it. Um, it's really captivating, and um, I just thought it was just really, really great. I love Ali Wong. Yeah, she's, she's amazing. So clever. Is this move away from like definitely maybe? Like, do you think it's yeah? A step well, that's. Up what, I mean, it's, it's interesting because there's a lot of her that's in it. It was a, it was originally supposed to be Stanley Tucci. And I think that was who they went for initially and then they got Ali Wong on board. It's got like a mostly Asian cast and everyone like, not that that really matters, but it's, I mean, it matters in terms of like, it's just nice to see representation. Like it, but there is like, there's obviously like interwoven elements from their cultures as well. You know what I mean? Different Asian cultures. I know they're not a monolith and everybody in the show is not also. You see a little bit of like religion. There's like a Korean church that's a, that's a part of it as well. And it's interesting because it, I, she is divorced recently or in the last year or so. And I think there's, I think there's a lot of that kind of, kind of in there. I feel like, um, I don't know that, but just like from some of the things she said in like in interviews and mostly like, in her stand up, you can kind of see how this relationship might also kind of be based on Maybe her Ex- in, in, elements of in her real life. life. Um, yeah. I, this is really what I thought was like uh, quite funny and also terrible uh, is that her, I think her, she mentioned this in a stand-up show, so who knows whether this is even true, but her, her in-laws 
made her sign a prenup when they got married because her husband is a lawyer and they thought, well, if they break up, you know, we want to protect our son or whatever from all these lawyering money. And she's become so successful that she ended up paying up, paying off his student loans. And now that they're divorced, like I, like that, like there's been speculation that that prenup is now like it protects her basically because she's worth like tens of millions of dollars yeah, now. Yeah, and so of, he does has missed yeah. out. Yeah, and uh, well, apparently they have a great relationship and whatever, whatever. Mm. But you know, so um, that's interesting. Yeah, but I think there are there are definitely like elements of that, like whether it be coincidence or not, that are in this. I story. wouldn't be coincidence. I wouldn't. Yeah, be. probably not, especially because it was like originally going to be Stanley Tucci and and whatever. Mm. But uh, yeah, there's also like a. Uh, so she's on the writing team. I don't know. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, I think they should have some creative involvement, but I I don't know about that specifically. I couldn't tell you, but but yeah, there's definitely – I would be shocked if she had like zero involvement in like the narrative of this and certain lines that she says and whatever. Also, great-looking show. Everyone looks good in it. Very very handsome cast, Claire. <laughs> uh, very like everyone's well-styled and everything. It's like it's this beautiful world that they've created because a lot of it is set within like – it's like upper middle class kind of uh, area, and specifically with Ali Wong's character. Stephen Yun is more kind of like he's more kind of a middle to lower class, and he's just trying to get something going and and whatever. But it's it's interesting because she, Ali Wong has to deal with this billionaire who wants to buy her company, just to kind of placate this person and like talk her through the whole thing and hang out with her and whatever. And she's just like, I don't want to hang out with this weird billionaire. I just want to sell my business so I can do nothing and just hang out with my family <laughs> all day. You know, I just want to. I just want to get this done, and it's interesting because, like, she doesn't feel like her level of wealth is like enough compared to where she's come from because she's not from money, mm. and the people around her that she hangs out with kind of are. It was also sort of that thing of like Flashman's in trouble. It's got that mm. kind of like that concern about wealth and status and maintaining that and being comfortable and and all of that, which um, is really interesting. Mm. Yeah, no, it sounds great. All right, and what's it called again? It's called Beef, Claire. I think you'd really like it. Excellent. I'm going to definitely check that. I mean, I love everything Ali Wong does. Yeah. But I also am really interested in that idea of that simmering rage. Oh, absolutely. As well, and where that comes from. I would suggest, James, that you have some simmering rage. I would suggest that you have some simmering rage. Yeah, I do. (laughs) And I've developed it over time. I don't think I grew up having simmering rage, but Mm. I have it now. It, like, sits there as a background to everything. Well, then you'll love this because it's awful. (laughs) Very simmering, Claire. Yeah, I find that really complex for me because I don't think I'm designed to be a, ma- a person that has simmering rage. Like I feel like that's actually an element well, of your personality. Yeah, but, definitely. Whereas I think for me it's a reaction mm. to my slow dawning realisation of just how giant the inequity is yeah. and the, the stuff that's happening globally to everybody the planet included, and women, all of it. Mm. And over time, as I've gotten older, I can sense it in me, like, growing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, which and it, and it doesn't sit well with me. Like, I haven't learned how to, like, live with that kind of rage. Yeah. It just makes me feel uncomfortable and annoyed and restless. Maybe and some gym work or something might make you feel better. You know what I mean? <laughs> to go eat Do some body. burpees. God. Some no, I think it's more just I have to start doing something no, with know. it. Well, my, for me, I think I, like, I, I've... I'm not like a, I'm not a violent person. No, but you tend to have a lot, like, no, you're not violent. Yeah, yeah. You're not a violent person, but you are a person that. I do have a, a simmering, uh, low key simmering rage. Yeah. you. Or, <laughs> since I've met you, you've always had that. You're very, you're very quick to not, not like yell at people, but you just, 
You love an outrage. I'm ready to go. He's ready to go. <laughs> You're ready to go. But I yeah. also, I can like, yeah, I could pull it back or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. you can. But you go I'm to, like... you know, you go from like pretty low key to like, what? <laughs> Very quickly. <laughs> like speed of life. I think, starts. but I think when I was younger, there was, especially like, you know, teens or whatever, there was this kind of anger in me. And I didn't, it was kind of like directionless. Mm. Whereas now on, when I'm older, I feel like it's with you. I don't necessarily think it's a lesson, but it is more kind of like Focus. in relation to focused in inequity and the way things are and, and the not injustice fair. And, and the I think just that, general ravaging of yeah. our planet. And I think that all speaks to like <sighs> when I was younger but not knowing what it was that I was kind of mad about. And I'm like, yeah. why is everything like this? Like why do I feel like this about like Everything. Why school works and the jobs that I have to do and like, you know what I mean? No, I don't mean like, like you know, like working at a McDonald's or whatever, which also sucks, obviously. No, but, but like um, the system. Just the system and like, and I felt myself being like funneled into this thing and I'm like, I don't like this. What the fuck is, like, how, how, did, how did this happen? Yeah. And, um, and now that I'm sort of outside of that, thank God, like that's, which is so lucky. Now it's more kind of like a general like <laughs> anger at how things are. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It's interesting. Mine is often is also a growing rage in hindsight. Yeah. No, well. I've definitely seen for that me. for you. Yeah. Yeah, because it's kind of like being tricked. That's how I feel. Yeah, because you were saying how like when you're a kid you're told like women can do anything. You can be whatever you want and, and mm. just don't, then, everything's equal now. Yeah, but then alongside of that, narrative was a complete lack of education of anything that I actually needed. Yeah. So like I went to an all-girls school but I wasn't taught properly about my cycles or my hormones mm. or actually how to give birth safely or what it would mean to go through menopause or what it means to make sure that you have superannuation for when you're a woman in retire or what you should be looking out for in terms of inequity when you hit the workforce or what it would mean to have proper childcare and the choices around your reproductive rights and what would yeah. that would mean for you. Um, you know, especially growing up in a Catholic school, we weren't even technically supposed to be taught about contraception. But even like what is sex and what is safe sex and what is positive affirming sex as mm. opposed to damaging and what is it to be gaslit and what is it to be in a relationship that's not good for you mm. and and the signs to look out for in terms of coercive control and then and also just as a woman, the overall history of womanhood and the overall suffering of what we've been, God, this is really descending into rage. <laughs> See, it's there below the surface very quickly. I wasn't taught any of that. No. It was kind of glossed over in this kind of weird, like, girls can do anything kind of vibe. And and also not to mention you kind of get sold all of this bullshit um, about history mm. that turns out, surprise, is not accurate yeah. to do with so many different aspects of our history that is kind of, you know, well, whitewashed. written by the winners. Yeah, exactly. And then even in terms of like people of colour and women who have achieved incredible things and then don't even get me started on sexuality and gender and all of those kind of stereotypes that we we weren't prepared for. But I just feel like there was just so much in that that set women up to fail, you know. It kind of set us up to then think that it was our fault that we weren't making, we weren't able to do everything. Mm. And and also I think – in terms of financial literacy, 
Yeah. I, I just think there's a severe lack of proper education around what we really need I think to know. That's yeah, that's definitely intentional, you know. Yeah, that's, exactly. Uh, but the the stuff about our bodies particularly. Yeah. Like the stuff about matrescence, the stuff about our hormone cycles, all of it. I, I just grew up with this sense that I didn't fit anywhere mm. and that nothing really made sense. Is there comfort in knowing that like a lot of other people feel that way when you talk to them? They're like, yeah. That's how I. Yeah, it is, but not it's not comfort, everyone. I, should say, but I, I, it is, but there's a lot of people that kind of don't feel that way too, yeah. and that's kind of the complex part about it. Anyway, I also feel angry just in general about everything in the state of the world for my kids as they get older. Like just so many, so many things that don't make sense to me. I'm also just mad because I'm my brain doesn't work the way that I want it to, and mm. that makes me feel annoyed too. Just like I'm so absent-minded and I lose everything and that just it's got to the point where I'm really so angry about it because mm. I spend half my time trying to find the thing that I just found. Like your glasses. Yeah, which I just don't know where they are now. In the ether somewhere. Who I'll knows? I'll never know. I'll never know. And it just and I just walk, I just sort of and I know I'm incredibly privileged and lucky as well. So this is such a silly thing. But I just walk around looking at people who just know how to like fold their towels properly and have cupboards <laughs> full of nice clean linen and know how to organise their kids' bedrooms and, you know, know how to show up on time and, and will book an appointment and know for a fact that they'll turn up to it. Yeah. Like that kind of stuff, which I know seems small, but to me is so incredibly hard to do. I just have never been able to do it, like f- put the car keys in the same place and not lose them. Mm. Just can't. Maybe one day. Anyway... I don't know how that – you can take that out, Collins. That was just a big, long, ranty complaint. Yeah, that was a big whinge. That was a big uh, whinge. All right. you know what? People might be like, actually, I love that and I want to tell you about it in a review. Well, you oh, can. Oh, they could. Excellent. If you head over to uh, well, your app of choice if you're listening to this. Yes, good uh, Just plan. like Richard Johnson TX said, which I presume stands see. for. Uh, he wrote – he gave five stars and he wrote, best podcast ever. This podcast is way better than Project Hail Mary, the 16-hour uh-huh. Oh, God, oh, no. I still haven't the got there one day. The 16-hour audio book I just finished after only one month. Oh, stop. Stop and that's a generous it amount me. of time That to, is a generous uh, amount of time. It's so generous. Yeah, so what have you All got right. in terms well, of a letter? Well, you can also write into suggestiblepod at gmail.com if you have a review, just like Joseph has. Joseph? Australian TV Rex, he says with okay. a question mark. Hello, Claire and James. Recently installed the ABC iView app to watch the new Auntie Donna show. Yes. Let's not worry about the legality. And was wondering what other Australian shows, movies, stand-up, etc. are worth my time. I know literally nothing about the stuff on the app. The only non-Auntie Donna Australian thing I've ever watched being Naomi Higgins' show about being terrible young people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe it was called Being Terrible Young People with Naomi Higgins. Absolutely. I don't know. Anyway, you two seem like you have pretty good taste despite James' unhealthy obsession with Maid Marian the Fox. What? That's not true. That's Mason. That's Nick <laughs> and Mason. And I figured I'd ask the professionals for help. Thanks for all the laughs and great recommendations. I hope this message finds you both well. And there is a dog that's just entered the dog, studio. Definitely the dog has opened the door um, and come in. Oh, look, there's so many. Like, as I discussed, there's just two comedians that I talked about God, today, Josie Long I'm just and going Laura through Davis it now. I'm as like, well. There's so much British 
crime on this. I'm like, oh, what can I? I know. Bluey, like, obviously. Yeah, Bluey, obviously. Bluey, the yeah. kids' TV show, is excellent. And you, you watch Total Control. Definitely watch that. That is Deborah actually Malman. really good. And Deborah Malman is really great. You watch the movie Each Pray Do you know what else is really good? Sea Change. I feel like there were old episodes Hello, of Sea Zippy. Change on there. Oh, the newsreaders are really good drama. Yeah, about the newsreader is 80s. really. It also good. stars one of the uh, one of the lead actors, Tess from um, The Last of Us. Mm. So that's good. That Hello, is Zippy. really good. Why are you always coming in here and busting my chops with your little dog? So many attitude? chop bustings. Yeah. Those are some great ones. All right. Wait, that's it? That's, that's all we're going to oh, recommend? Oh, you want to recommend some more stuff? Uh, isn't Savage River good? Did you watch that? I did. Savage River is very good. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, let me think. What else is there? Hang on, let me just go into comedy. There's a lot of good kids stuff. There's, I'm going to say Andy's Dinosaur Adventures, but that's British. That's a goddamn yeah. British thing. Oh, Sammy J is really excellent. He just retired, didn't he, from doing that? Oh, did he? He's so good. So. There would be a lot. Blake, Blake. Fisk is good. You like Fisk, don't you? Mm, I do love Fisk. Kitty Flanagan. Yeah. Excellent. It's finished now, but Show McCallus Mad as Hell was really good. Yeah. Good That's comedy. probably too niche. Too niche and too like of its era. As in like you'd have to know Australian politics. Yeah, it's politics. like up the political. Yeah, um, hard quiz with Tom Gleason is really good. That's that a good is, quiz he's show. Very funny. Um and a nice man. He's a nice man. James Sherry from the Shirt TV show Amazing was on there. Yes. Fix and Specs is like a uh, Music sounds, trivia sounds show. Ra- it's not racist. It's uh, <laughs> it's a it's a music trivia show. Exactly what you said. Correct. Yeah. So those are some ones you might want to check out. Mm, very cool. good. Anything that's, else? Um, I think that's it. Wow. All right, that's the end of the show. And as much as Australian stand up there, Celia Piccola's got a oh, stand up special so on there. And Edmonds is great. great. Will Anderson's great. There's a bunch of people on there mm. that you could you might be interested in checking. And it also it cycles in and out, so that some of the stuff is uh, comes and goes. Correct. Black comedy is great. Is that's Utopia an indigenous, on um, That's an indigenous show. That's indigenous really sketch excellent. show, which is really and Total fun as well. Control actually as well talks about First Nations issues too. It's oh, cool. really good. Okay. Yeah. Great. Okay. This has been suggested podcast, a podcast of recommendations. I'm Claire Tondi. James Clement is here. Ah. Thank you very much to Rock Collings for editing this week's episode. How does he do it? With He's a machine. a magician. And we will see. Oh, also, I have a live show. Oh, yeah. Uh, on the 7th of May at the Wesleyan in Northgate. Tickets are $35. You can head to the link below. Collings will put it there. It's also on my website, claretonti.com. I would love to see you there. Hannah Ackfield is an amazing singer-songwriter and she's going to be playing support. It's going to be a lot of fun. So, yeah, that's coming up in a couple of weeks. Wonderful. Thanks, everybody. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.